0: So welcome to week six of semester two.
1: Hope you all had a great break and hope the start of the was not rough. So this week is a bit special. We are not
2: actually doing a Bible reading. We are doing a Bible singing.
1: Up to Bianca and Jay to lead us.
2: Yeah. So um yeah the of Psalms, we think is a special book because it's kind of written like poetry, it's written like worship, and so we find that one really good way of expressing this is to sing it. So we'd like to invite you to stand and sing with us. You may not know it, but feel free to give it a go so that we feel less awkward. Um, Yeah, and so we're going to sing through Psalm 23, which is actually the psalm that Dave will be speaking on tonight. So yeah, give it a go.
1: I've never done this before. That was like we actually signed the bowl ring. That's really good. Um, if you have a pen, you need to pull that out right now. Yep, go on. Get your pen out. You got a pen? Do you want one of these? Um, if you haven't got one of these sheets, all these these handouts, uh, raise your hand uh, and we'll get one to you. John, you have one? Here you go. Matt. Do you have any more? Do you want any more? Anymore?
0: Anymore?
1: Anymore? Anyone? Anyone? One more? Oh, okay, good. Okay, now we're on Psalm 23, so we'll open this up. And, uh, you yeah, know, I'd like a bit of banana, so do engage. Okay. My name's Dave, by the way. Bye, Dave. You might not know me. It's nice to meet you. And, uh, hang down. Let's move this up. It's Guys, thanks for coming in tonight uh, on a cold night. Thanks for coming to this room, actually. This, this room kind of nice, it's a bit different. Um, we take, we're going through a, a series on Psalms, a playlist from the heart. Uh, we had last week Psalm 145. At the very end, now we've gone back to the very beginning of Psalm 23. And uh, we didn't read, obviously, seeing this particular part of the Psalm, but the, the start of the Psalm, if you look on your sheets, it might, it might say it. does it say it on your sheet. It says here, a Psalm of David. Okay, a Psalm of David, a Song of David. That's the author of the Psalm. That's a really important piece of information as you as you read uh, the Psalms, which are songs or poems uh, from the Bible. Um, I thought I'd just start with uh, 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 talking about a person that I admire, but also maybe some of you don't know or do know. Uh, this guy, uh, does anyone know who this guy is? Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., famous rapper of the 90s, the, the halcyon days of music. So good. Uh, and he released his song in... in uh, around, yeah, in the, in the sort of 2000s, this song um, called Mo Money, Mo Problems, featuring Puff Daddy and Mace. And uh, you, can, you can search the song up later on YouTube. It's a great song. Um, anyway, the film clip, The Song, the, the song premise actually is about uh, his struggle with fame. His struggle with uh, being, being loaded with money, having all the, the bells and whistles of life. And the premise is, uh, there's a line in it, it says, if you have more money, you have more problems. Basically, that's what he's saying. When you have more money, you have more problems. With the, the, the territory of more money, you have more jealousy. With the territory of more money, you have more envy that just follows you around. Uh, because you, you just have more money, you have more of it, people will envy you, people will be jealous of you. And uh, for, for Biggie's here, he's an extremely successful rapper. He's not alive when he died, he got shot. Uh, but he spent a lot of time worrying about that, worrying about money, worrying about his success, his fame, uh, and the fact that he's always looking over his shoulder, being worried that he's going to get taken over by someone else, he's going to get jumped on by someone else. And uh, I mean, we're not, we're not potentially having our lives at risk uh, by getting jobs and careers in and, you know, engineering or a job in nursing, right? <laughs> Okay, but we're kind of the same, I feel, right? We're always looking over our shoulder, worrying about other people, worrying about if we're going to get taken over, worrying about the next big thing in our life, if we're going to succeed. How will I make a name for myself in this life? How will I make myself great after I've graduated from uni? And it's something I've personally struggled with as a person, as a uni student, uh, when I was doing my engineering degree, even before that in high school. And, uh, you, you know, you just kind of spend more time worrying about what you could do on your own steam and in your own merits and less about what God has done for you, what God has provided for you. And, the, and from the psalm today, what, what, we, what we read and what we can reflect on is that this, this David, this, the psalmist, is asking, well, is God going to get me out of my worries and my troubles in life? Is he actually going to be looking out for me? Does God actually understand me? That might be the questions you're thinking about tonight. Does God actually even listen to people like me and you today? And so this psalm, I think, will hopefully give us some insight into that, about the character of God, how much he listens. And King David is a bit of context about David, because he's the author of the psalm. Okay. He's, you know, he's he's one of the most powerful people of Israel at this stage. He's a king. Like Biddy's, he's a king, right? He's got money. He's got power. He's got the whole nation beneath him. Um, he's a successful man. But in this psalm, you can reflect here that he's uncertain about some things in his life. He's got everything, but he's still uncertain. He's anxious, right? He's, he's always looking over his shoulder. You know, there's, there's no one he, can, he, he feels he can trust. There's trust issues there. And so he approaches God. And ask God, through a song, through a, through a prayer, about this, about these issues. And so I think what, what, what I want us to get out of today, I think, is, is this. Is that he, God knows. He knows, he listens, and he cares enough about you and me to, to, to listen to what you've got to say, to do something about your life, to do something within your life. And that's why we should pray to him. And so I think this is a good model for how we should approach God in our prayers, because we know that God cares. We know that God listens. And uh, I think there are two kind of distinct sections here. Okay, we'll, first, we'll look at the first section from verses kind of 1 to 4. That's our first part here, where David, he's addressing God. That's the first part we're going to look at right now. And it's showing you, we're gleaning from here, that David is, is addressing God in such a way that's very personal. It's very, very intimate. Have a look here on, on your little uh, outlines here, on your Bible, if you've got a Bible uh, out. <clears throat> um, what does David call God? Just shout him out. What are the two things in that first verse there that David, how David addresses God? What are the two things there that we see? Lord. He's Lord and My Shepherd. shepherd. All right, a, a, two strange things, maybe, to call God. Lord, obviously that makes sense, he's a lord, he's, he's a god, and shepherd, that's, <laughs> that's a bit different. Let's look at the first one, Lord. Now, you might notice in your outline there, or in your Bible, Lord is in capitals. Is that right, guys? Capitalism. Now, does anyone understand, when it does that, the Bible says Lord in capitals, but in the Old Testament, what is that actually saying about God's name there? What, is it, what does it mean? What does it translate to? Does anyone know? Yahweh. Yahweh. Okay. What does Yahweh mean? It's the personal name of God. Mm. Yahweh. It's like the, the, the name that you only use about someone if you know them really, really well. So everyone here's probably got a nickname, right? Jordan, do you have a nickname? Um, my what? wife calls me Hubbard.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Cool. Patrick, do you have a nickname? Patrick. Hat moss. Okay, um, Hannah, do you have a nickname? Do you want to share with us? You don't have to share with us. Pardon? High voltage. Hi, high voltage. <laughs> okay. They, again, these names don't. Uh, maybe Alison, do you have a? Do you have a nickname? Um, Alley cat. Alley cat. <laughs> these nicknames don't mean anything to me. Okay, they probably don't mean anything to you, but to the people who use them, I'm, I can't. I can't call Jordan. Was it Ubb? Ovened, right? That's not appropriate, isn't it? Okay, I'm not that kind of person to him. That's rude, isn't it? Almost rude, right? Or Patmos. I can't call him. Patrick Pat Moss. He's Patrick to me, or Pat. Okay, you only use that per- that name or that person if it's, it's special. It's a special arrangement you have. And so, this is what this is what David calls God, Yahweh, the personal, intimate name of God. The second description here that David uses is the is the word shepherd or the title shepherd. Okay, shepherd is someone who cares for sheep. Here's a picture. Okay, is that your is that your picture of shepherding there, Jed? When you uh, when you do shepherding, like the shepherd just the sheep just follow you just like that? Is nah, you go? Oi, oi, oi. That's an old timer shepherd. Yeah, right. Okay, shepherds care for sheep. That's what they do. That's their that's their living. That's their job. And we think, oh, it's it's really peaceful to be a shepherd. Is it really peaceful to be a shepherd, Jed? It is? No, it's not. It's a hard job. It's a really hard job. It's not a gentle job. Oh, little sheep, come with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're so good. No, it's actually really, really tough. That's what I've heard, right? I'm pretty sure it is. I think I've seen things like this on TV. Okay? In the ancient world, okay, you have to command the sheep. You have to know the sheep's names. And you have to take them to places where you can get fed, drink water, a safe place. You have to know the terrain. Okay, that's like rugged, right? rugged country stuff. You have to know that kind of stuff. But you also got to be able to protect the sheep. So you've got to care, you've got to take them to get food and stuff. But there's predators, like there's wolves and stuff. And there's like other animals that are going to try and attack your sheep. And you, you haven't got a gun, you have to hit them with sticks and whatever, and spear, I don't know, whatever you used in the day. Probably a rod, a rod or a stuff. You've got to fight them off with your hands. That's, shepherding's rough, right? It's a rugged kind of job. And so David, he uses these two names, Yahweh and shepherd, to describe God, who is his personal leader. A person whose leadership he can trust. The God who provides his daily needs, his sustenance, his protector, his defender against his enemies. And so we read through the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, about how God has worked through Israel, the nation of Israel, the people of God, interacting with Israel, protecting them, but also caring for them to show his amazing glory, how amazing he is as a God, how generous he is in in rescuing his people from slavery, from from danger. And so have a look at me the next two verses here about how that's kind of played out uh, in, in David's life. It says he... It says, verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So God is leading David to places where he's going to be nourished and cared for. Green and lush pastures for food that are going to sustain him. Water for rehydration. Quiet waters to give him peace. To, to, to restore his life force so to speak, to refresh him. For what purpose? For what reason? Well, it says here that it's for his name's sake, for God's own sake, that he's going to do that. That he's going to, for his sake, he's going to give us ultimate provision, ultimate sustenance, ultimate protection, ultimate peace. That's what it's for. And so if your life, right, maybe your life is right now, it's week six, your life is full of busyness, hecticness, uncertainty, It's a storm in a teacup at the moment because you've got 50 assignments due or something like that. And you've got all these stresses like moving rooms and all that kind of stuff. Well, I wonder if what God is offering you here, just as he offered David, is that what you're after today? Is that what you want for your life? Is this what you're craving for right now? Is this what you want? Because we spend so much time planning and thinking and how we can make provisions for ourselves how we can have the most fulfilled life, the most experiences, a better quality of life. We want to control this uncertainty in our life. And we work harder and harder at trying to fix our own issues and our own problems to have a better quality of life. But it seems to just fall flat on its face. There's some research done um, recently, well, not recently, last couple of years, by Movember, the uh, Men's Health uh, Organization, back in 2014. Uh, where 70% of men, males, <clears throat> said they didn't reach out to other people because they figured out that their problems are just part of life. They're just part of just being a person, being a man. And uh, basically, men have just got to suck it up. We've just got to deal with it. 70% of men were unwilling to do that, talk to someone to get help. And the reason that they feel that they inc- couldn't. They couldn't ask a mate for help, or they couldn't reach out for some to someone with their problems. Is because you know they didn't think bring, they thought bringing it up with someone would actually bother them, bother their friend or their family member or whatever. It would be actually a, more of a nuisance, and as well, they didn't feel emotionally supported. So it was a bother, and they're going they, gonna, they, were, they were actually feel they wouldn't get emotional emotional support. Now, that's, that's what life is like for men in our society today, and so that's, that's actually seen a trend, a rise in male suicide of, of you know, people in our Western society. And that's for men. I wonder what it's like for women who are going through the same things. You know we, we, We're working hard to try to fix our own problems, our own concerns, but sometimes they're not so easily fixable by human means. David, he's the king of Israel. He's the, he's the most powerful man of that day in the ancient world. Yet, he had issues. He was always looking over his shoulder. He didn't feel there was anyone he could trust. And David understood that God was capable of fixing stuff that was going on in his life. And so, are the paths that we walk in life, just as David walked, are there the paths that are led by God? Are they the right paths that are led by him to lead us into ultimate provision, ultimate sustenance, ultimate protection, and ultimate peace. Let's look at the next part from verse 4 onwards, 4 to 6, uh, about David sharing deeper again. He goes into a next level of depth about his struggles. And that, that even though he's sharing this, right, he's still certain of God's presence in his life. Look at these verses, right? In these verses here, David now directs his prayer to God personally. He uses the word you, right? You prepare a table for me. You know, I will will fear no evil, for you are with me. It's very direct language there between himself and God. And, uh, you know, as a king, like I said, he's the most powerful man. You can't expect that he would be already in greener pastures. He's already living the dream, living the life. But his life, if you've read in the Old Testament about his life, it's far from that. It's full of turmoil. It's full of uncertainty. Being a king, being a leader, he's always looking over his shoulder about an up-and-comer, trying to take him over, or being attacked by his enemies. And, uh, you know, he's at the peak of his game, but he is in the darkest valley, right? That's what it says there in uh, um, in verse 4, you know? He's walking through the darkest valley or the shadow of death. That's how serious it is for David. He's in desperate need of help. He thinks there's no one else that can help him. He can't trust anybody. All he can do is trust God. But see in verse 4, he's reassured because he doesn't want to fear evil. He will not fear evil because God is with him. He's reassured of that, about God's presence in his life. Even his life is falling apart. He knows David. God, David knows God is still with him. He's still assured of his presence in his life. I don't know, if, you're, um, travel, if you've travelled Japan, have you ever been to Japan before? Japan, yeah? Did you like it, Charlotte? It was great. Do you, you, you ever eat Western food over there in Japan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like Like where?
2: Past, yeah, Yeah, that's like European, anyway. Yeah, okay,
1: yeah. Um, If you ever eat like um, fast food, like Western fast food, it's a real treat to eat that in Japan if you're Japanese. And so, um, if you're having to be in Japan, you're out there for Christmas, uh, don't be surprised if your host family or the visitors you're with says, Hey, let's go eat uh, at KFC. That's a thing because at Christmas time, that's like a really special meal you you gotta have. KFC. Uh, for Christmas dinner, the
0: rice?
1: there is no rice <laughs> because it's it's special, right? You don't <laughs> eat rice when you're at KFC, <laughs>
0: you
1: know. And and you know, just think about it, guys. Like, just imagine, like you get you go to the restaurant, you order your, you know twenty bucket chicken, whatever it is, and your potato salad, the gravy just come off the, the fat tray, and you sit and have this meal around this table mm. with this family, uh, and. You're eating this, this, this meal of KFC, it's personal, it's intimate, it's greasy, it's great, right? <laughs> it's really and uh, yeah, you, you, you're having this bucket chicken, everyone's just eating it, the special spices and all that, and you're talking to each other over this meal, you're sharing, um, you know, people are going to relate over KFC, it's going to be wonderful, right? It's special, it's personal. Christmas time, KFC, guys. Yeah? Yeah. Verse 5, right? Have a look at verse 5 here. David, like KFC Christmas dinner, he's looking forward to a meal. He's looking forward to a meal with God. Maybe not necessarily KFC, could be probably the same 50 times better, right? 50 million times better. And he's, he's looking forward to a, a, a meal with God at his house. You see that there? In his house. In verse six, interacting with God on a more personal level for eternity—that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Okay, like David, Christians pray to a God who is in control as they live out live out a life in an out-of-control world. But Christians also trust a God who has put Himself in history and look forward to a future hope. And he's done this by becoming a person, by becoming the person of Jesus, who's experienced humanity at first hand, in the flesh. He knows what it's like to live as a person. He knows what it's like to go through the struggles that you're going through. That's why Jesus is often called the Good Shepherd in John in John's Gospel. You know, is is David's way of approaching God the way that you approach God in your life? You know, do you believe God listens to you? Do, you? do you believe God has reassured you of a place with him in heaven, at his table? And more than that, are you willing to share with him honestly about your life, about your struggles? Because this is why in verse 6 here, you know, that's why David's praying to God. Because he knows how good he is. He knows how much he is loved by God because of the things that he's done in his life this this spiritual walk with God has proven itself and that's why David continues to return to God, to pray to him, to ask him for his help this is how we know God cares guys, God has done it all for you and for me, he's done it all you notice this psalm you read it here it's nothing that we're doing here it's all God doing stuff for us God's leading us God's providing God's giving you the table to eat at. God's allowing you to enter his house to enjoy eternity with him. So, friends, I'm asking you, is that what you want to do? Do you want to trust God with your life? Not not knowing exactly what's going to, how life's going to turn out today or tomorrow or next week or next year, but are you willing to trust God holistically now in eternity knowing that he's sovereign, he's got it under control, he's got it all in place, regardless of whatever happens in your life now. I just want to take a moment to maybe break on your table groups. Just maybe share with each other uh, maybe an experience you've had with God, an encounter you've had, maybe a moment where you've prayed to God and something's happened, uh, something that that would encourage the person next to you to think about, hey, God has actually been good to me. Uh, God's worked in my life. God's changed my life in this way. You guys do that? Do it for the next three minutes. Talk to the person next to you.
0: Go.
1: I'd uh, like to share some encouragement with us. Uh, maybe we'll start over this side, this side generally. <laughs> Is there someone someone to share an experience you've had of God or something you prayed to God and that was really. That really changed your life, or something like that. Talking that
0: big? Are we talking that big? Talk that big? Gen-
1: generally, yeah, yeah, big. Or how small? I don't know. What do you... <laughs> Well, we were sort of saying how great the small reminders of God's love are through the day in, in prayers that we, we say. Just uh, <clears throat> in those little things, it's just that we can trust in God and pray, and
0: that He's just—it's not like this. It doesn't have to be this one big, and it's beautiful when it is, but it doesn't have to be this one big shining moment. We can have yeah. this constant sort of mm. contact and communication with God.
1: Yep, so the little, kind of little steps, yep, yeah, which you look back and that was really mm. big moments if you look at those, if you add those yeah, little bits so. up. Mm. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jude. You guys, you want, you want anything out there? Or? Um,
2: Hannah's been encouraged by a kind of prayer with friends, hanging out with her, encouraging her. You really it? Yep. Mm. Thank
1: you. Thanks for sharing that. Yep. I will go to the middle here. Jordan? Sure. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, in our Bible study, um, we've got a prayer book. Yeah. So, like every, like we obviously we pray each week, but every now and then we'll write in the prayer book. Yeah. And then whenever we, when we do that, we'll occasionally flip back. Um, at the paid, you know the times we've done it beforehand and look through all the prayers and recognise yeah. how all the different ways have been answered. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. Right. So keep a prayer diary if you if you um, if you like writing things down and reflecting and reminiscing on how God's working on not. Thanks Jordan for doing that. Uh, do you want to, we'll go on this side? This table, these two um, tables? Yep. You do you want to go first? you can go first if you like, yeah?
2: I can't, I can't oh, okay, <laughs> there you go. Yeah sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess uh, at the start of this year, like I was spending a lot of time in prayer because I was kind of just looking for someone to read the Bible with, so yeah. to spend some time with, and um, yeah, I just felt really convicted about it, but then I couldn't seem to find anyone in my life who was willing to catch up and read the Bible with me, and then mm. there was a couple times when I thought I would, and it just kept falling through, mm. uh, and I think I was very much like, yeah, praying for that, and then um, there was this girl at church who came once. And a couple weeks later, I was just kind of like thinking about her and reflecting on it, and then I just really felt like I should text her and just message her. And I was like, "It's probably gonna go really badly. I've only met this chick once for like three minutes." <laughs> but um, yeah, I messaged her, and she um, said that she would love to. And I just remember being like blown away by like God's sovereignty and like yeah, just like the power of prayer and how like yeah, there was nothing in that situation that I did, mm. um, and it was nothing from my own strength, but just that yep. yeah, of oh, just
1: one meet. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, worked out. Yeah, yeah just, like,
2: the amazing.
1: Thanks, Bianca. Yep. Mm-hmm. I will go to the back table there. Yep. Yeah, thank you. No, it's uh, okay. Actually, yeah.
0: actually, I had
2: a terrible disease when I was at 7. Yeah. And my grandma
1: is a Christian, and she prayed for me for, uh, she hoped she hoped I can recover, and she prayed for God, and after that I recovered. Yeah, wow. Well. Amazing, amazing amount of prayer. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's amazing, guys. Thanks so much for sharing those things and continue to talk about these things over tonight. And um, yeah, like prayer is a is a very intimate thing. That's what I'm trying to stress here. Um, I'll just end with this uh, last little kind of illustration. Um, this is a very old picture, so black and white. Do you want to do you to know who's who's the guy sitting at this table?
0: <laughs>
1: who had a wheelchair. Who had a wheelchair? The president dude. Who? What's his name? John F. Kennedy. F. John F. Kennedy, right? Now, who is John F. Kennedy? The President of? America. United States of America. Okay. Back in, like, what, the 60s or something? Is it? Have I got yeah. that wrong? 70? Is that right? 66. 66. Oh, Patrick, he's yeah, such a tone of history, this guy. Just 60s, I don't know. Oh, okay, 60s. Sorry. Oh yeah, Did you say 66? I said 60s as well. Oh, 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: 66 is when he finished his time as President. Yes. Okay. Finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, killed. <laughs> anyway, yep. Now,
1: uh, the point is not about his death. The point about his, yeah, his presidency. Now, like, being president of the United States is a pretty powerful job, right? It's pretty amazing job. You're commanding a, a, a superpower, right? At that, like, didn't they land on the moon that, around that time? Apparently, I don't know. Yet. Yeah. Anyway, so, comes a lot of power, <laughs> and a very influential person, but not everyone gets to go meet the president. Like not in this room we'll be able to go, hey, hey, um, can, can I come in and have a cup of tea, mate? Like, is that going to happen with the president of the United States of America, with Donald Trump? <laughs> no, yeah. don't don't reckon, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and and I don't I don't reckon if you knocked on John John F Kennedy's door and said, hey, mate, can I have a come of a beer with you, or can I let's have let's have a let's have a, you know a couple of drumsticks and chat? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen, right? Okay, you won't even get through the front door, of the Oval Office, <laughs> which are. Not at all, with the president here. Now, there's something interesting in this picture. There's another person in this picture here. Who's that?
0: His son.
1: His son. Now, why does his son get to be there like that?
0: It's his son? Because
1: it's his son. Well, it's his, this picture's telling us here, right? I reckon this is what it is. This son is in a really privileged position because his father is the President of the United States of America, but moreover, it's his father. His son gets to play around underneath the desk of the President of the United States of America. Like, I could I not be allowed to do that at all, right? But his son has that privilege of having that relationship with his father, who happens to be the most powerful man, one of the most powerful men in the world what a special privilege it is, right? And I wonder if that's how you see your relationship with God. I wonder if that is how you view that relationship with God, special and privileged. See, Psalm 23, right, it's a a model for us for prayer. It's a model of us in how we approach God, how we should perceive our relationship with God. Who's the ultimate shepherd? Because it says here, the Lord is my shepherd, right? That's how David starts his psalm. It's a way we can personally meet God through prayer. And we know when we pray that we won't lack anything. That we won't need to fear evil. All God wants to do is for us to be honest with Him, with our life. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to share intimately our life. How is readings today going to help us do this more in our life? Friends, God knows. He cares. He cares for our needs. He listens to us. And that's the reason why we should pray <laughs> to him. <Okay. laughs> None of you guys can do that, okay? <laughs> um, guys, can we, breaking those table groups in, can we just pray for one another in those groups, if you're comfortable with that? Dad, yes. Where's my I don't know where it's gone, but we're going to pray now, buddy. So just on your table groups, just pray for each other. Um, maybe you want to share a prayer point with each other and pray, and we're going to just get to the rest um, of the
0: hour. Um, yes. On
2: the Yeah, um, so we're going to stand again and sing kind of in response to what we've been hearing about and talking about tonight about how, um, yeah, our hope. And our security and our peace is found in Christ. Um, So if you want to stand, we will sing.